Welcome. What's good? Welcome to this episode of the Are You Listening podcast. My name is Austin Johnson, joined by my guy, Gio Baker. Gio, what has been good? What's been up? Ain't nothing, man. Same old, same old. Happy to be back on the podcast. Talk about some Rutgers basketball. How about you, bro? Chilling, man. Grind of the season, uh, moving around, doing uh, Rutgers games and other games and uh, the radio show for Fox Sports New Jersey as well. So just trying to make it happen. Um, some crazy, crazy developments in the Big Ten uh, in college basketball. This is the time of the year. Football's over. Everybody has their eyes on what's happening uh, in the world of college hoops with the NCAA tournament right around the corner. Yeah, man. I mean, talking about crazy stuff going on. We've just seen Chris Holman get fired in the middle of the season, which is uh, I, I never really agree with that when a school does that. I don't yeah. really see uh, any major benefit. I guess you could you can officially start looking for a coach a little bit earlier, but you mm -hmm. can do that behind the scenes anyway. Uh, so that's one of the crazy things that I saw. And then they turn around and just beat Purdue. Right. <laughs> so so they, they, get, they, they get their coach fired and they turn around and beat Purdue. So maybe there was something positive about it that, that he just wasn't doing something right. Uh, you know, so that, I thought that was something that's real crazy. But then obviously you got Rutgers basketball too, who's, who's uh, been playing a lot better. Obviously they're coming off a loss against Minnesota, but um, you know, one, three of the last four. And, and uh, they've been looking a lot better lately. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up that Holtman. I got that uh, message uh, on the Bleacher Report app and I was shocked. Uh, I couldn't understand what I was comprehending because I thought that uh, the midseason decision and obviously hearing some of the feedback from players that I know that played under him, they say he's a really good dude. So you don't ever want to see yeah. anybody in that predicament. But business is business. And Ohio State runs a little bit differently as well with their athletic program. Definitely. Yeah. RU has been buzzing, man. It's been an exciting time over the last couple of weeks. Talk about a uh, a roller coaster of a season, man, of emotion, the integration of Jeremiah Williams getting back into the lineup. That kid is an absolute baller. We'll get uh, into him uh, in a little bit. But as you had alluded to, Rutgers uh, won three out of the last four. A tough one going out to uh, Minnesota and ultimately losing that game, um, a, a lot of fight. But I don't know, man. Minneapolis just seems like one of those weird venues. Uh, it's elevated court, and maybe it's just a style of play over the years. But you've played there, and, and I know you said you you know, you know, had some insight into this most recent game. What did you think about that last contest against uh, the Golden Gophers? Man, before we even get to the contest, yeah, I think the, the energy – in Minnesota, it's just weird. Like it is, <laughs> it's hard to explain if you haven't been there. But uh, the, the arena is like dark. Like there's not like good lighting in there. They usually don't draw huge crowds, so the energy is like dead. Um, I always found it really hard to just get energy when I'm in that gym. You know, versus mm -hmm. like a, a Purdue or a Michigan State, it's like well lit. It's like a spotlight. You're you know, you're into it, the crowd's into it, everyone's talking, and it's just like, it's different. Minnesota, it, it feels the opposite. It's like, there's no energy at all either way. And it's uh, just, it's a weird little vibe. But yeah, I was talking to the players and they were kind of saying the same thing. Like, it was just hard to like, get over that energy hump where it's like, you know, we need to get going. Um, sure. They did make a little run at the end of the game, um, you know, defensively, where I thought they did a great job pressing Minnesota, forcing them into some turnovers. But uh, obviously it was just a, too little too late. And, um, you know, listen, even if you're, you're, you're a good basketball team, you're going to lose games on the road in the Big Ten. That's, that's the reality of it. Yeah. Um, how can you just have a short memory, move on? And you have to because you have a giant that you have to play next in Purdue, and they're just coming off a loss, like we just said. So 
Ohio State. Yeah, uh, I think you hit a spot on. Uh, first off, it's cold as hell out there. So I remember yeah. <laughs> traveling to Minneapolis uh, for other business-related purposes. And one of those cities that you have to have skywalks to move around from, you know, building to building in downtown Minneapolis because of just how cold and windy it gets, you know, during the, the winter months. So that just throws you a little bit astray. I know it's cold here in the Northeast too, but it's not like how it gets in in Minnesota. And then it's like the the palestra I would equate uh, playing um, at Minnesota. It has a, a very vintage feel. And then um, I know from the radio perspective where Jerry and I typically sit, it's up there uh, kind of in a sniper's box. So that's always a really unique vantage point too. And um, I, me covering the team now for three years, I've never won there. So it's just one of those very vaunted places of like, all right, maybe this is the year you can go out there and, and find ways to get a dub in a, in a tough, hostile situation, no matter how good or bad the record of, uh, of many of Minnesota has been, they always seem to be very, very competitive at home. Yeah. And, and they, they are more talented this year too, just overall. I mean, I love, I love the freshman's game, Christy, um, mm-hmm. they have some talented big bigs on their roster and, and um, they play like a, a fun style of basketball and I, their coach always just seems super calm too. Like yeah. He never seems like he's, he's uh, too stressed in the moment and he makes some good in-game adjustments. So I, I really like their team this year for sure. I agree with that. He had a really good and impressive presser explaining her preparation and how high Jeremiah Williams was on the scout for them because he has been so impactful since he has been, back in the lineup for Rutgers this season and how if you don't pack your toughness um, against a Steve Peichel coach group, then you lost the game before the tip even started. And I think that's where they definitely, um, I think, showed that they came to play. They, they weren't being bumped around. They weren't going to succumb to the, the, the trash talk or, or get punked, quite simply, as yeah. you put it. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I thought against Minnesota, that was the first game that Jeremiah seemed a little bit uncomfortable. Um, and, and again, like he, like you were saying, I mean, when you play for Rutgers, it's about toughness, grit, and, and you don't really get punked by anybody. Um, and, and I think this was the first game where Rutgers kind of seemed first game in, in the last five where Rutgers kind of seemed a little uncomfortable and, uh, out toughed, which usually doesn't happen. And then, you know, with a guy like Jeremiah, how he's been playing now that scout report is starting to get built. You know, mm-hmm. you, you win you win four straight, and, and all of a sudden, uh, like you said, you keep moving up the ladder in the scout report, and people start to figure out your tendencies, and, you know, how you like to score, when you like to pass, different things like that, and they start to guard you a little bit different. So the next step for him is just being better than the scout. Sure, sure. Uh, and a lot easier said than being done when you are the main focal point. Um, have you had any conversations on how to deal with you know, going from being a superstar role player to now being the focal point and what you have to do to be able to adjust to make sure that you continue to make winning plays for your team as opposed to forcing it? Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't had any conversations with him, um, but I mean, just throughout throughout my career and, and, you know, I'm sure throughout your career too, you've had conversations with teammates about this all the time. And, you know, me and Ron used to talk about it. He used to talk about it with Coach Peichel and we used to have plays where we would just be a decoy. Like, mm-hmm. Gio, you're going to be in this corner. They're not going to help off of you. Ron, you're going to be able to go downhill because now they have to decide either are we going to guard the drive or uh, are we going to are we going to stay are we going to stay with Gio in the corner? And there was little things like that that I'm sure Coach Michael is going to start working in uh, with these guys too, and he probably already has too. I mean, the, 
Big Ten is just so well scouted. You start to scout the plays and then you're scouting the what they're scouting for the plays and it just kind of is a circle and it's it's all really a game of chess. Um, but those are the type of conversations that we used to have when, when it was me and Ron together and, and um, helped us score more points when the other guy was willing to be like, oh, yeah, I'll be I'll be the decoy in this play or, you know, I'll, I'll cut this way so that way you're able to get open. Um, so those sure. are little things that that all the guys are going to have to do now um, just to help each other score a little bit more points. Sure. Um, and the evolution of the team over that four game winning streak, first off, some really impressive dubs, Michigan, uh, you know, Maryland, Northwestern, Wisconsin, not in that order. But how about those programs and being able to take them down? I know we haven't had a chance to catch up on on some of those victories. But, you know, what has been your feeling about, you know, the potential? You know, it was a rough patch for some time, but showing how good the team can be when they're doing things in the right way. And some of these guys taking on new roles and responsibilities, Andre Hyatt, being one of them, Cliff Amore getting comfortable, I think having the expectations and finding ways to fight through being again at that top of that scout. And then obviously Jeremiah, Mawat, a lot of guys that are contributing on this team on this team is what Jerry and I often say throughout the broadcast. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we just talked about how Jeremiah needs to be better than the scout report. This man was amazing through four games. I mean, we're talking about a completely different team um, just from his leadership, like, Sometimes it wasn't even really about his scoring. I mean, he he was getting high assist numbers in all of those games, mm-hmm. sharing the ball, talking a little bit of trash, you know, bringing everybody into the huddle. You just saw, I think, for the first time on this team, like a real leader, a real leader. Um, you know, both how he plays and then also vocally. Like he was he was doing it all, and I think that's what this team really needed. And now you're seeing other guys step up and be better like i think that's the, that's the best quality of, of jeremiah is that he's lifting everybody else's game up too like we saw cliff off, cliff, cliff is a perfect example oscar hits three threes mm-hmm. against uh northwestern noah goes off against wisconsin i mean we're seeing guys have big games and it almost seems like they're all feeding off of jeremiah's energy where you know, now everyone feels a little bit more comfortable. Derek has is, is been playing a lot harder than, than he was at the beginning of the season. I mean, defensively. Love, love been, what he's been bringing been to this team lately. Yeah, he's been he's phenomenal. Been, he's been amazing. He's been amazing. So I think, I mean, that's that's really just been the game changer. I mean, there's there's no coincidence that they won four in a row as soon as he came back. You know, right. that's just, he's, he's just been such a leader and, um, you know, really happy where the team is going now, potential-wise. Uh, I mean, I guess, you know, we, we still aren't really sure, right? I mean, they got they got six more left. I think the goal would be to win five out of the next six if you want a shot in the NCAA tournament. I don't even think that really gets you in, but it gives you a shot. Um, but I know these guys are ready for the challenge. Like, the, the more I talk to them, you're like, well, you know, why can't we do it? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and, and that's the mentality you have to have. You shouldn't have any other mentality other than why can't we do it? So I'm looking forward to seeing how they how they keep moving forward, but that's been my thoughts on it. I've been, I've been, it's been fun to watch, man. They, they've had some real energy these last couple games. Yeah, a resurgence for Cliff Amore. Not even a resurgence because he's played a really good season. When you look yeah. at the numbers, like he's been yeah. dominant defensively. That is undeniable. People want um, him to go out and be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar from a scoring standpoint each and every night. And right. um, it's hard when you are playing against, you know, some of these packed-in defenses that are, over scouting you as a big in this conference and 
to the point of playing better, Jeremiah just creates so much new opportunity that I think he wasn't benefiting from uh, with his creation and playmaking ability, getting downhill and into the paint. And he 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 drives and dimes, um, you know, equivalent to some of the bigger guards that, you know, in years past have helped him to benefit as an individual player. Paul Mulcahy, guys like that as well. Um, come come top of mind, Andre Hyatt. Uh, you know, going to the from being a starter to the bench, now a starter again, without having you know any change in your mental approach. How about the professional um, aspect to that? Being locked in, and then you know remaining steady, if you can. Um, Jermichael Davis. This dude is a hound on the ball. <laughs> Yo. A pesk, like he, yeah. what he did against Jameer Young and what he gets asked to do against, you know, the opposing team's best guard. The future is crazy for him. Yeah. I he think he could Google be in that. Really well too. Yo, Big Ten defensive player of the year type conversation if he continues to progress as he gets older in this program. So really exciting stuff, man. In addition to Jeremiah being a really good spark. But the question I have, I guess the transition is, the Minnesota loss is what it is. It's a tough win. It was a big game, and get to get to five and zero or five in a row, um, and what that meant to be able to create separation between Rutgers and Minnesota right there in the middle of the muck. You know, what do you think that means for the tournament hopes? Um, and then, if it's detrimental, what does Rutgers need to do from a resume standpoint to can you continue to build an NCAA tournament resume? What would they need to do for the duration of the season? Yeah, I mean, it's, so it's it's tough to just talk about tournament hopes right now you know obviously both of us being players in the past we're gonna have that player mentality where it's like okay well the season isn't over yet we still have six more games obviously right now if you were to have a tournament bracket Rutgers would not be in it so that mm -hmm. is the case right now um for these guys though the mentality is just to take it one game at a time I mean you go on the road at Purdue you win there this two the outside, the season has changed now. The season has changed where you have a chance to go to the NCAA tournament. Um, so for these guys, though, it's really just all about handling the scout, taking care of what you're supposed to take care of. We always play well against Purdue. And I know that these guys are going to be well prepared to go against Zach Eady and, you know, the rest of that squad. Um, so how can you go one game at a time and just prepare mentally for that? Um, but these guys shouldn't be thinking – you know, the season is over. They shouldn't be thinking in that way, just kind of how everyone on the outside is right now. Uh, so that's probably the most important thing for them. Um, but just trying to take it one game at a time and, and, you know, see how the Big Ten tournament shakes out too. I mean, if you win a couple games of the Big Ten tournament as well, everything changes. Everything mm -hmm. changes. So how can they keep that positive mentality and, you know, just keep moving forward? Yeah, you mentioned those games remaining on a schedule. That's uh, Purdue on the third, or, or apologies, Purdue on February 22nd, Maryland the 25th, Michigan the 29th, Nebraska March 3rd, Wisconsin the 7th, and Ohio State to conclude things in a regular that's season on March 10th. It's a lot 10th, of winnable so. games, bro. It's a lot yeah. of winnable games. Like, there's, I mean, there's, a there's a way, there's a path. There's a path. There definitely is. And a lot of chatter, obviously. You got um, all the gurus and the specialists who are coming out with their predictions. I've seen some mention that it could potentially be a case where they need to win five out of six. But mm -hmm. I think things get interesting if they go in and do what nobody anticipates them doing and get a dub in West Lafayette, which they've done in recent history. Obviously, different yeah. roster, but this is a different team now with Jeremiah Williams back. 
hundred percent agree, bro. That's, that's what I'm saying. I think they need to, need to just stay positive and, and the gurus are going to do whatever they're going to do, but that's at the end of the day. It's only you guys in that locker room. You got to be able to handle business. Me and you could talk about it all we want or where we think, what should they, they should do. At the end of the day, we're not, we're not in the locker room either. You know what I mean? So right now it's just them. And I think now they have good leadership, both from the coaching staff and then a guy like Jeremiah, who's going to continue to be in these guys' ears. Like, look, we could do it. We could do it, but we got to do it together. And it's it's going to be tough. Like, winning at Purdue is not easy. These guys got to be connected. They got to be tough. Um, and they're going to have to make some shots, too, honestly. How about winning at Purdue after Purdue's coming off a loss? Exactly. That's that's always the scary part. But I'm not going to lie. I'm usually only scared about something like that when it's Michigan State. I don't know why. I just, I've seen Tom, <laughs> seen Tom Izzo close up. Seen Tom Izzo close up. When when they lose a game, like, I I, I don't want no parts. I don't want no Vane's parts. protruding. After they flush in color. Yeah. Any other, like, see, Matt Painter, he seems like a, a nice dude. Like, it's fine. Whatever. He really does. Like, Tom, Tom Izzo seems like, seems like a nut. So like if they lose the game, he is not he is not playing around. Like he probably would not feed them or something after. Like, it's, like nah, I'm not I'm not going for that against Tom Izzo. Anyone else is alright. They lost, but that means they're they're on the downtrend. If Michigan State loses, that means they're on the uptrend. That's I, I feel that um, I'm I, I respect that approach because I think one thing that we have learned about this team over the last four weeks is don't doubt them. Um, that they can put one into two and turn two into three in regards to stringing together wins and getting stops and getting kills when you think that the momentum of the game is, you know, out of hand. They just have an ability to flip a switch um, and go to a different level on the defensive side. If they're hitting shots, uh, then they're extremely dangerous. So yeah. that combination of the two, uh, turning opposing teams water off, so to speak, and then you know, the confidence that they have with this Jeremiah Williams, um, you know, influence offensively has made this a very unique team trending at the right time with tournament play right around the corner, man. So good stuff. I mean, it's a it's exciting times for Rutgers basketball all in all. I'm looking forward to being able to chop it up to see how things progress after Purdue. Anything else on on your side, top of mind? Man, I just wish that Jeremiah was eligible earlier, man. As we all do, man. That's, I know that's the only thing I'm thinking about. It would have been a whole different season, but you know it is what it is now, and you know got to handle business and control what you can control. Yeah. What was the one play? Speaking of him, before we 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 jump off the uh, this episode, what's the one play that you were like, oh, all right, this dude is he's he's actually like that. Uh, I mean, I, honestly, I wouldn't even say it's one play. It's funny. His game is like. So I like I like dudes who can like boogie. So like mm -hmm. I like I like dudes that like you know like I operate like in close you know, quarters. The way, you know the way I play. Yeah. So like I really don't even like love the way he plays to be honest. With you. But like, <laughs> but at the same time, like in terms of just like my like thought of like oh this is a really skilled like guy. That's how like that's how I look at it. But like in terms of like winning basketball and the way he plays, it's been multiple things where he's you know he gets an offensive rebound. He got an offensive rebound off his own miss into a little floater and one and it's like oh shit like that's that's a dog right there or like when he's yeah. throwing a lob to cliff you know that's something that we haven't really seen a lot of this year like cliff hasn't been catching as many lobs as he usually does so he's getting downhill a little no look lob to cliff like okay he's got a little bit of a basketball iq too and mm -hmm. then you see him talking trash like oh he can't fucking guard yeah. me it's like, oh like i would it's like yeah yeah I, I, that that shit makes me want to be on the court with him like yeah he can't yeah. guard you like so the I game's been shit 
yeah, a bunch of a bunch of little things like that. You could tell that he's just very locked in and and really wants to win. Like you could you could see it in his eyes. Like he he is genuinely there to win basketball games and and, and take the hearts of the opponent. So I, that's everything that I've liked about him so far. Yeah, you got you got I, a play I, that you saw. You got a play that I you mean, saw. That you... There's a few. The block was phenomenal. He's made the some block, open. Okay, the block. The block. He's made yeah. some. Um, open court plays like in, in transition that have just been insane um, using his athletic ability. I didn't know kind of just how physically stout he was. He's strong on the yeah. basketball. Like he's hard to, to bump off the rock. Even some really good defenders have been having issues trying to beat him to spots and keep him from getting out the paint, which has been really impressive. But I just love the the swag. He just brought a different swag to the team I with know. some of the celebrations and it's starting yeah. to become contagious as you were mentioning Oscar Palmquist is starting to hit the arrow again after you know he knocks down a couple of triples you can just see that guys are more confident with that type of influence around so it would be uh, a a injustice not to at least get a little bit of Jeremiah Williams in a tournament format to see you know how he could be in the Big Ten or if they were to find a way to get to the NCAAs or whatever it may be I don't want to speculate but it would be quality basketball seeing him compete on uh, that type of format. 100%. I agree, bro. I agree for sure. All right, man. We will see. Good chopping it up with you. Um, RU Basketball uh, has Purdue on the horizon. We'll be back for another episode before the season concludes and see if they can continue to build that resume, you know, in crunch time. Until then, appreciate you guys tuning in to the Are You Listening podcast. I'm Austin Johnson. This is Geo Baker. We'll catch you next time. We'll be right back.